You're listening to the Limitless Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why, and what of creating limitless careers with me, Just Jazz. I'm a multi-passionate, wildly ambitious lover of tea and r and I'm also on a mission to guide more high achievers to the careers and lives they deeply desire through coaching. Yeah, you heard me, desire. No shame or secrets about it. Here, we boldly embrace ambition by owning, being, and doing more in our careers. And in each episode, we break down the barriers to creating something that will make you and everyone you know step back in awe while keeping it simple. So what are you waiting for? Let's dive into the episode. Hello, everyone. We are recording another episode today. I'm really excited to sit down and have this conversation. Also, if you're listening to this by audio, I have decided to record by video as well. I thought it could be cool for you to see my face if you want to. Um, The way that you can get your hands on the video is to go to justjazz.co forward slash join. You join the mailing list and it is all inside the Limitless Letter archive. So... For those of you who have been around for a little while, you know I've got a number of freebies, a number of masterclasses, things that you can access from the website. I've decided to put them all in one place so you can have a buffet of personal development towards your limitless career, all in one place that's just really, really easy. One login, one link, and then it's all in there. And anytime I create something new, so if you've missed a webinar that I've done recently or anything like that, you can go in there and trust and believe the recording will be in there for you to enjoy. So again, that link was justjazz.co forward slash join. That is the end of my housekeeping because I want to make sure we get maximum time on this topic today. And today's topic is a side hustle special. That's what I'm calling it, right? I've got a number of things that I want to address. There's a number of things that I want to share, especially for the side hustling, multi-passionate freelancing folks who do a number of different things, right? This episode is for you. But I also want to encourage you, if you don't have a career that's formatted in that way, stick around because ultimately you will all know that I believe these are all just different varieties of careers. So no matter what type of career that you have, a lot of the ups and downs will be very similar. I have similar conversations with my entrepreneurial clients than I do with my professional clients, right? We are the same (laughs) as humans. Um, and we operate within a career. We all operate within an industry. We are all out there really, really rocking up to the party with these skills and trying to monetize them. And the key difference is that we're just monetizing it in different ways. Some of us in an employed capacity, some of us in a self-employed capacity, and some of us, i.e. me, in both. So I definitely want you to keep an open mind as we go through a few of these things. I have 12 points, 12. So let's get into it. First things first, this is a side hustle special. However, comma, that term, I have a love-hate relationship with it. I really prefer to call my side hustle a business because that's what it is. I don't call my clients side clients. Um, You can, if you feel more comfortable, call it a passion project, 
a project overall, but it's really, really important. This is what I see a lot of times is side hustle is a very commonly known term. It's a term that we're all familiar with. It's a term that we're comfortable with. You say side hustle and people know exactly what you mean. And it's really, really clear. However, what it can do is sort of trap you in this belief that what you are doing is not to be taken serious by yourself or by others. It creates a sort of space where it becomes easy for you to discuss your business in a way that is dismissive, in a way that is shrinking to the work that you've put in and the work that you are putting out, right? And in that sense, that can often be a barrier to you taking your business, because I'm going to call it business from now on, taking your business to the next level because it is that side thing. It's that hobby that I occasionally then charge people for. And that may very well be the truth, And you'll know it if I'm talking to you where you sit on the fence where it comes to this. But I really want us to be wary of the language that we use to describe our roles, right? The second thing, and this links really closely, it's really, really important when you have a business outside of your full-time role, when you identify as multi-passionate in this way, that you see yourself as an entrepreneur. One of the things that really fascinated me and one of the things that... um, in the same sense, made me sad. It was a bittersweet truth. I would go to a professional event. And a lot of this, you know, I started my business when I first started out in tech. So I was new to that room, full stop, as well as being the one that goes, I'm new to tech, but I'm also running a business at the same time. Woo. But what I found is I never felt that I really fit in inside those rooms. And then I go to the entrepreneurial rooms and not really fit in there because there was this stigma attached to running your business part-time to not going full force, right? Um, And for those of you that are listening, I did the air quotations because it's important to do the air quotations. The amount of hours that you put into your business doesn't correlate to its success. I'm going to say that again for those in the back. The hours that you put in your business doesn't correlate to its success. I know multi-million dollar pound earning businesses that are run on a part-time schedule and sometimes even less right if you if you if you think of 20 hours when I say part-time less than that so when we look at it that way and we look at where that stigma actually comes from the reality is you're not any less dedicated in the time that you are spending in it you're not any less likely to reach success and in many ways you shouldn't be underestimated, right? Um, And you shouldn't let the amount of time that you put into your business stop you from recognising it as a business and therefore stop you from recognising yourself as an entrepreneur. It's so, so, so important that you step into those shoes, right? You all know I love a good metaphor. I want you to see the shoes, recognise that they belong to you, right? Peek inside the label and see that it is your size. It's just waiting for you to put your foot in and rock up to the party and say, hi, my name's Jazz, I'm an entrepreneur. Okay, so I really need you to own that being one of your hats, that being one of your roles, because that will, again, help you really hold your business and what you're doing in higher esteem, especially in those low points. And again, where it becomes tempting to dismiss it as a hobby or a thing or an experiment. It may very well be all of those things, but that doesn't take away from the fact that it is a business, right? This is a revenue generating or something that you hope to 
speaking to those who don't have clients yet, haven't sold their first product, but it is destined to be a revenue generating activity for you. The next thing, this is the third thing, right? I told you I've got 12. I'm going to keep counting the numbers. Time. It is very, very important to have clear boundaries between all the things in your career. So I'm not talking about you finding time in the week. That's not the conversation that we're having today. If you're listening to this conversation, I trust and believe that you will know how to find the time, right? And often that's the thing that I work with folks with, understanding how much time is available to you. Great, you've got that time there. Are you claiming that time or are you just doing the pretty planner? Okay, because I've been there. I've seen clients do it. You do the pretty planner where you say, if I get up an hour early, I'll do a bit there. And then Saturday mornings tend to be my time. So then I'll do this and I'll do that. And then it doesn't come to fruition. It's really, really important to understand that you need to have boundaries that are not only clear to you, i.e. some discipline, but also to the folks around you. If you set that time aside, don't keep it a secret because in many ways, when it becomes very distracting or overwhelming or say, for instance, the reality of your full-time job becoming quite busy, it's very helpful for you to have communicated ahead of time to the folks that you live with, the folks that you speak with on a regular basis that I want to spend Saturday doing this for my business because therefore they can hold up the mirror to you in that moment and say, you seem to have a really, really busy week. Are you still going to get your Saturday to do the bits and bobs that you wanted to, right? They're going to help you to reinforce the boundary that you've set, but they can only do that if you express that. And then again, there's always going to be folks who will not help you, okay? You will communicate those boundaries and they will try to push through them, bounce over them, break them down every single time. And this is something for you to be very wary of because when you're sitting in a seat of regret about your business and your career, right? Your business is part of your career. You sit in that seat by yourself. It is not a sofa, right? It's not a group exercise. Regret and guilt are not group exercises when it comes to your boundaries. So do not betray them. And when it becomes difficult and they get a little bit wobbly, I want you to go back into that seat of power an agency around your career. And if that means you sitting down and saying, I'm not going to be able to do any work on my business this week whatsoever. I would rather you do that than to not set any boundaries, not make any plans, not be intentional for fear of having to do that, if that makes sense, right? I don't want you to be afraid of the wrong things. A boundary is nothing to be afraid of. And this is something that I've worked with clients on. It's very easy for us to see a boundary as what is it keeping out? So then we forget, right, in in that wonderful energy of self-sacrifice and that superheroism, we forget all the things that boundaries keep in. Your peace of mind, you having that time to move towards your goals, right? You being able to have that self-care time, you being able to have that downtime, right? You being able to look back at the end of the month, quarter, year and say, I spent the last year of my life doing the things that were important to me and the things that I wanted to do, right? Doing the things that I wanted to do. I have no regrets about how I chose to spend my time because I'm not going to sit here 
and pretend that you don't have any control over that. And we're not talking natural disasters. We're not talking unplanned emergencies, right? We're not talking dependence needing you genuinely in that moment and in a way that you could not predict. I'm not talking about that. You all know what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm talking about the Netflix and chill that should have been Saturday morning that ended up being the whole weekend. And it's Sunday night now and you're sitting at your laptop and it's not working out because you have nothing left to give. Let's be real. I always want to be real with you. Next thing. Number four, right? The fourth thing that I want you to be wary of is overlooking the learning that you're doing in your business and not weaving it back into your full-time role. Now, some of you do completely different things in your business than you do in your day job, right? I worked with a client who her business was actually in a creative sphere, right? It was in social media. By day, she worked in the public sector as a social worker. So again, if you are that person, you think, Jazz, what are you talking about? How can I, like, it's two different skills. I do two different things. I get that. But the learning and the personal development that you are absorbing as you build a business is invaluable to the work that you do in your full-time role. The same thing applies for freelancing. This is not me saying break your NDA and your confidentiality and start using other people's work and sharing it with each other. No, no, no. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you, right? Put yourself right in the center of all of the work that you do and all the projects that you do and recognize that this project taught me patience. How can I weave that into this one? This project meant that I had to be super disciplined and I learned, let's get granular, right? I learned a project management tool in my business that would be great for my day job. Let's do that, right? I learned a mindset exercise while I was going to a networking event for entrepreneurs. Let me see if there's a few folks at work who would love to do the same exercise. There are so many opportunities for you to weave those things throughout your career. And you will only benefit from doing that. I use myself as an example. I remember sitting in the interview for the job that I have today. And I've been here, it's just gone three years. And I remember one of the interview questions was, you know, if you were to do a lunch and learn, what would you teach your colleagues? And I said, copywriting. And they were like, oh, interesting. Tell me more about that. And I said, because I'm just starting a course. I've always loved writing, but understanding how to write with the purpose of making an offer, write with a purpose of communicating something that you have to sell is a different thing. And at that time, I was interviewing for a customer success role, which is essentially account management, right? My role is to train people, hopefully get them to give me the time of day so I can show them some useful things that they can leverage in the platform, you know, in the technology, in the SaaS tool. So not a sales role per se, but I ha it was the email that gets me a call, right? It was the workbook that I write that helps them to use the product. Words are involved. And that's what I articulated in that interview. And that's been my approach throughout my whole career. If I'm investing in myself, be it through completely organic means, right? I mentioned patience. Woof. That's a big one for me, right, personally. 
again, the tangible things. I'm doing a course in this. I can bring this in here, right? I'm trained and qualified as a coach. Black Lives Matter happened in the middle of the pandemic. And I said, let me use this skill. And I started to host listening sessions. I started to facilitate spaces for reflection and self-coaching among my peers based on a skill that I had acquired outside of my role and everybody benefited. So again, I want you to stop overlooking those spaces. And in fact, if you're listening to this in a space where you can note things down, I want you to note down the skills that you exercise. Note down the lessons that you have learned about yourself and about your role, right? In each of those projects. And you will easily, you know, sit down, take a a step back and look at that piece of paper and ask yourself, how can I carry these over, right? How can I do the weaving? Where can I weave things to benefit? The other thing that I want to move on to, number five, this, this one's huge. It's very easy to think that your business, your career, your portfolio needs to look one particular way. Like there's this holy grail. And this is something that I touched on in a previous episode with Rachel, Rachel Walker. And we were talking about how you leave the space of employment where there's rules, right? You do a certain course to get you into this place. And then when you qualify with this, then you can do these jobs at this level, etc. And then when you get in that job, you learn how to do this and then you learn how to do that. And then that's how you become better by checking off all these things. And then you jump into the world of entrepreneurialism and you realise that that checklist doesn't exist. But that doesn't stop you from subconsciously and consciously searching for it. So in many ways, we then find ourselves seeking out templates for the very thing that we want to do. Not realising that, yes, we can be inspired by those templates. We can be inspired by each other. Um... We can seek insight. But the reality is, there's a myriad of ways that your business can take shape. And that's the beauty of it. And you just have to build the bravery to just kind of lean into that. Another side of thinking that it needs to look one way is really taking another perspective on what it is that you do. You may be selling a product or your art or your physical creation, but sometimes what you're actually selling is your knowledge, your insight and your expertise. Earlier this morning before hitting record on this episode, I went to do a photo shoot, get some new headshots. And after I just got chatting with the photographer, it was really lovely. And she was just talking about how she had to realise, we were talking about a number of other stuff, by the way, so this isn't standard protocol for when uh, you book a session with a photographer, but what she was saying is she had to realise that the value and the impact of the work that she does is not necessarily the headshots at the end. Yes, you get that, that's an outcome. But the value that she brings to clients, the reason why people come back to her, the reason why I chose her, the reason why the people I know chose her, right? She came as a referral was because she has the ability to make you feel comfortable, right? And that's through her insight and her expertise. She has expertise within photography, right? She's well-versed in light and different shot types and all of that good stuff. 
but what she's actually selling is an experience that's not cringe. And anybody who's ever been photographed and feels cringe, you know exactly what I mean. She even shared an example of her actually being photographed by a friend, actually, and and told me that it was horrible because what they do is they'd stare at her for ages and then take one shot. And I instantly was like, Bleh. Now I'm com I'm confident with photo shoots. I actually quite enjoy them. I'm also a people-y person, so that it doesn't really take a lot to warm me up. I'm I'm like doing drama, theatre exercises, you know, before we even get started to just, you know, loosen up and get into the groove. But I was just like, I'm a fairly confident, comfortable person, but if you did that, I would hate it. What's going on? What are you looking at? <laughs> right? What are you looking at? And again, that was like, Ugh. that's not how I felt on my photo shoot with her. Why? Because she has the art and the expertise and the insight on how to make people feel comfortable quickly. Because again, this shoot was maybe, what, an hour and a half to two hours? It's not a lot of time. We didn't exactly have a coffee before. We had a couple emails. Like I said, she came via a referral. But again, even in those emails, the knowledge and the insight that she shared was again serving to help me get comfortable, ensure that I show up prepared and feeling confident. Again, still hasn't taken one photo, but she's provided value. So it's really, really important as well when you think about things and you think it needs to look a certain way or be a certain way, you might overlook the nuances of what you're bringing to the table by making it as unique as you want it to. This week's podcast is sponsored by Ambitious Career Strategy, the six-week group program that shows you how to turn every career lemon into the juiciest lemonade. Learn to own your impact, show up authentically and get stuff done to reach your career goals. This is the program designed to stay with you beyond the six weeks and give you a plan that fits like Cinderella's slipper. Go to justjazz.co forward slash career dash strategy to join the next cohort. Oh my gosh, pet peeve. Around 2018-19, there was a thing around 12 startups in 12 months. I.e., once you are side hustling, and again, another reason why I don't like the phrase, then you could just turn your hand to any online business and you should just pop them up and churn them out. So when people ask, what do you do or what you're working on? You've got a laundry list of stuff that you can help people with and you'll always be in business and you'll make a ton of money. Uh, nah, no. It's really, really easy. And again, 12 startups in 12 months can be independent businesses. But that can also be being in your business and creating 55 million different things, right? It's really easy for us to make our businesses more complex than they need to be. And if you've done that, hit rewind. It's funny, I was talking to um, Georgia, my marketing consultant, and she reflected back at the end of the conversation that she loves working with me because it kind of goes and expansive and there's lots of stuff. And then I like shrink it down. And because of 
our relationship because of my manifesting generator vibes like I bring her along for the journey she's also an entrepreneur in her own own right so I don't wait for things to be perfect to share it with her because I value her opinion that's why she's a marketing consultant um but I'm saying that to say that I am a testament that it's very easy to be like I'm gonna do 65 workshops people are gonna click on my coaching page and there's gonna be three different ways that you can work with me And then I'm going to have 65 different types of podcasts. How about that? Somebody somewhere has decided that in their business as a career coach, again, using myself as an example, that because they love to work with people who are professionals, side hustlers and entrepreneurs, that they're going to create three different podcasts, three different blog series, three different mailing lists. And in fact, they're going to get three different websites and Instagram handles. Now, I am being dramatic, but the reality is that this is a reality. And then voila, you have this bird's nest of a business to run alongside your full-time job. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a longer-term plan that is more nuanced, that is more expansive. But I really want to encourage you to save that for a time where you have more resources, more time and support. You also have more experience and expertise. And this is not me saying like when you've got X years, because again, like I said before, forget all of that nonsense. You can learn a ton about being an entrepreneur within a year, right? So time isn't really it. The growth is the growth. It is what it is, right? So this is not me saying wait until you're five years in the game to add a new service, wait until you're 10 years in the game. You grow at your own pace and I want you to do that independent of the time or the time milestones that you see. So that's why I say longer term plan. Because I could say longer term plan to you. And as soon as I said that, some of you are thinking six months, some of you are thinking a year, some of you are thinking 10 years. You define it. But more than anything, I I want you, and, and this is this is what I do. So I don't not have the ideas. Like I don't I don't like stifle the idea. I just save it for later now. It gives me the same satisfaction of knowing that the idea has been listened to and I've allowed it to pour out of me in whatever form it wants, and the idea is fully fleshed out, right? But it doesn't go like it goes in the not urgent, not important pile. In fact, I have I use a tool called ClickUp and I have a private area because I also don't want my team to see it because then they think, oh, my gosh, what's she doing? She's doing a ton of stuff. A private area called Holding Bay. And that's where I put the things that aren't urgent and important. That's where I put the extra arms, the extra ideas, the products, the services that are not a priority right now and they shouldn't be because they will distract from the core of what I'm trying to do. So that is my biggest tip. Still write them down, tuck them away somewhere so that you can come back to them later. The next thing, and this is something that we overlook quite often. Having a business outside of your full-time role, being multi-passionate, It is a great way to see if you can merge your skills with your passion, okay? 
I describe careers as monetizing skills. It doesn't necessarily mean that what you do you're passionate about. But by having a business and exploring that side of things, you can understand, can I say, for instance, be passionate about art, but be highly skilled in bookkeeping and accounts? So could I be an accountant for creative businesses? Right? You approach it from that curious perspective and you're connecting the dots to give you what you need. One of the things that is a great disappointment to many of us as we grow into adulthood and we realise that our jobs won't fulfil every part of us. And hopefully when that happens, we seek relationships, right? We seek community, we seek a social circle, we seek a sense of identity outside of our role, we dig up hobbies, right? We dive into book reading, we we do whatever it takes to fill the rest of our cup. And this is one of the things that you can do when you're at that space where you recognise my cup is not full. And this doesn't feel good because it's not full. But what is actually in my cup is it's good. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with my day job. It's just not, I just feel a little bit underutilized. I feel like I could be doing more. I could be doing different. I could be learning more. I could be exploring new things, whatever that may be. Adding a business as in an adding an entrepreneurial pursuit to your career can be a great way for you to test the waters and get that intersectionality and combine those things. The other thing as well, so we're down to number eight now, is the power and freedom to choose. When you're employed, your company's clients are your clients. But in your own business, that isn't the case. So you can actually deeply align your work and clients with your values, beliefs and interests, just like your company is probably doing that towards their values, beliefs and interests. It's very easy to create a business where you treat yourself worse than your job perhaps does. Simply because you've forgotten your power and your freedom to choose. Right? It's a sentiment that I often hear from many entrepreneurs and side hustlers. I love the fact that because of how I run my business, I don't have to work with idiots. I don't have to work with people who I don't want to. I don't have to work with rude people. I don't have to work with people who don't respect my neurodiversity. I don't have to. Power and freedom to choose. And that doesn't mean that everything's rosy all the time. But what it does mean is that you approach it again from that more empowered mindset, that empowered place, that intentional pace that really, really, really helps you see more success in your career overall. There's nothing like working with a client in your organisation and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that this client is not my client because I would never, I'd never sign them. I'd give them back their money. I There's nothing like seeing that happen than then doubling down on your own values because of it, right? Causing it to hold up a mirror to, is this something that I would put up with in my business? Or is this something that I seek out in my own business? And again... I'm not telling anybody to 
get the same clients as their day job by any means. Read your contracts, pay attention to your contracts and respect those. But you know what I mean, right? A customer persona is a customer persona or whatever it kind of may be for you. It's really, really important for you to recognize and remember and remind yourself, put a sticky on your monitor of your freedom to choose and what that genuinely means. Number nine, money, 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 money. You probably was not ready for me to hit that note, but either way, money, money, money. Don't be afraid of money in your business, in your side hustle. Let it push you to an edge, okay? And when I say edge, I don't mean an edge that we're falling off a cliff here. I mean an edge that it's exhilarating, it's exciting. You can see new things. It's a new perspective, right? I want you to think about edge as like when you go to the Shard, right? Or I believe it's in Canada, there's a building where you kind of hold on to some bars and you tilt. Might be Chicago, in fact. Somewhere, right? That's the edge. It's exhilarating. It's like, oh, what a time to be alive, right? charging, communication, choosing all of it. Don't let people sell you dreams of financial freedom as a side hustler. They will try to do it all the time. Don't also be blind to the differences between revenue and profit. Again, these are all edges. These are things from my own lived experience and the folks that I work with. Not all money is good money. Look at those terms and conditions. 90-day payment terms? Hmm, factor in the cost of delivery of your product or service. Again, lean into the edge to take it seriously enough to do your calculations. And also be honest about the money it takes to get an additional income stream to actually stand up and wash its face, as said by Alice Terhar in a previous episode. Because the reality, one of the great benefits that I absolutely love about how I've started my business and I'm almost four and a half years in is that I was able to use the revenue from my salary to grow my business at a steady rate right to have some money to manage whether or not I had clients if that makes sense and really give it that space to stand up and wash its face but with like the cleanser of my choosing. Going off piece there a little bit with the metaphor, but you know what I mean. That's one thing that I want you to also be intentional about. Are you willing to invest your salary into your business or components of your business to get it to the stage that it needs to be? Are you willing to be your own investor or do you just want the financial freedom I made a million overnight dream? And you can tell which side of the fence of that conversation I'm on. Number 10, your side hustle is a great space to test out a pivot. Little known thing to think of. If you are that person working as a social worker and you love marketing and you'd love to do it full time, you can actually use your business to test out that pivot. Do I have what it takes? What areas of marketing am I particularly passionate about? Which platforms, what type of people, what type of businesses, what type of results can I get? And you're able to test out that pivot, of course, with an investment of time and energy, right? And heart. But you're testing it out on top of your full-time role. 
you didn't dive headfirst into a new industry or indeed full time in something that you've never done before. You were able to dip your toe in. And that's really important. I think that's a part of it that people take for granted. And I think that comes with a little bit of um, pressure that once you start something, then you have to quote unquote, keep on doing it or finish it, right? There aren't enough people sharing stories of the side hustles they started and closed down. There aren't. I was going to do a stationary company. I, I registered a limited company and everything. It was called Notebook 52. You can probably still look it up. And I was going to, people were going to email me words. I was going to write in beautifully written calligraphy, do a good old wax seal, pop it in the post, old school style. Somebody actually has that business idea now and I think it has an app, a web app. But that's what I was going to do in university so like a good six seven years prior to launching my coaching business I tested it out I bought all the stationery I bought the paper I tested it out with friends and family and then I said "Uh -uh, not for me no shame right no shame no baggage and maybe that's a conversation for another day right how do we how do we treat ourselves when we roll something back how do we treat ourselves when we change our mind in fact this is something i'm exploring in a workshop with found and flourish on the 12th of july and i will be keep an eye on justjazz.co forward slash events i'll be scheduling um a public workshop version of that because that is members only And we'll be looking at empowered decisions. And we're going to look at that, the dark side of it, the guilt, the shame, the self-deprecation that kind of comes with that and the labels that we attach to ourselves. But I digress. Let's come on back. We're on number 11. The 11th thing that I want to share with you is that it's so important. Again, this is from my own perspective If you are in a working environment where you can, if it is not against the contractual obligation, right? And if your contract mentions it, I want you to have those conversations bravely, right? Confirm. I know there are some people that have side hustles that have to fill in paperwork to confirm that that they are in compliance with the non-compete to identify what type of business that they are. So they don't bring the company into disrepute. It's a paperwork exercise and then they are free to put it on their resume, put it on their LinkedIn, promote it widely across all platforms. I have always taken this approach with my business. I've sat in interviews and they've gone, oh, I know you've got a side hustle, da da I'm like, yep, yep, yep. They send over the contract. I say, clause 9.2 says, when I'm on your time, I deliver for your stuff. Um, non-compete, da 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 Just want to make everybody aware that I have a revenue generating business outside of this job that will continue. I've got it in writing. It's noted down. They know it's not a secret. They know what I do. And in many senses, because what I do is so public, they know what I'm doing when I'm I'm doing it. If I'm running a lunchtime webinar, they know that I'm running it on my lunchtime, right? Or they know that I've booked time off for it. Whatever it is that you need to do, I want you to assess your situation to see if you can disclose what it is that you're doing. Because for me, I can't imagine a world where I, as a career coach, couldn't share that I was a career coach on LinkedIn because of something in my company contract. 
or not having a conversation to make that a comfortable thing for me to share and talk about and write about. So I really want you to consider the level of disclosure because more than anything, visibility, personal branding, sales, meeting your audience, putting out content, all of that is very, very difficult when you are doing it under a pseudonym. Pseudonym? I think that's the word. (laughs) But when you're doing it in the shadows, you're doing it in secret, you set up your business under a brand name, but you know, all these experts keep telling you to put your face on camera to get more engagement. And you're just like, yeah, no, can't do that. This business has to be anonymous, right? There are folks right now putting their maiden names on companies' house, like on public records so that they don't get found. And again, I have a deep sense of empathy for you. I do. Because it's a it's a lot. It's an extra job on top of that, right? And it makes it difficult for you to market, but it's really, really important. I want you to consider disclosure. And if it isn't where you want it to be right now, ask yourself how much longer can you continue with it being like this? Because I, for one, am delighted to hear and see and witness more and more companies being very open to folks having side hustles, having projects, having businesses. Because they know and are starting to learn all of the things that I'm sharing with you today. There's going to be a ton of skills that you bring to their their role that they didn't have to sponsor you for. You can have a different perspective. In many ways, some of you will work for businesses that you are a customer of. What? The amount of benefit in that to them. Then also them knowing that as you build your audience on, say, I'm going to use a platform like LinkedIn or even Twitter, inadvertently, you're bringing more eyeballs on their audience, right? Anytime I post on LinkedIn, my title says Mixed Panel Community Manager and Career Coach for High Achievers. I am both. If I go somewhere, I am both. (laughs) I literally went to HR tech conference last week. And depending on the conversation, I was there in my capacity as a career coach. I'd booked my time off work. But found myself talking to startup founders. At which point I'm like, look, I'm a community manager. We're building a startup program over here. Let's have a chat. Let's connect. Wasn't a secret didn't serve me to have it be a secret, right? I wanted to build those relationships. So it's really, really important for you to check in on that. And then the 12th and final thing is that your side hustle can be a way of living out your destiny. Plain and simple. In human design, I'm a manifesting generator, which I've touched on earlier this episode. And that means that I was always going to have ideas and be multi-passionate because it's kind of encoded in my nature. And I live out those multi-passions, not through having a bunch of hobbies, but through having a business and a job. And within my business, having varieties of ways that I work with people and I connect with people, right? That multi-passionateness that's encoded in my nature is not always possible in a role. So then my business becomes my playground to be my authentic multi-hyphen itself. So I'm a career coach for high achievers, but I'm also a podcaster. You're listening to this, right? Again, going back to what I said, see yourself as an entrepreneur. I see myself as a podcaster. 
I also see myself as a writer. I see myself as an event producer. I see myself as a content creator and everything in between. These multiple outlets are really, really great places for my energy and it's important. And it's also important for me to be able to channel that there so that I don't put the pressure of living out my destiny on my day job. Also, if I brought all of the glory of my multi-passionate self to my job, I would be a nightmare to manage. Right? And in many senses, if we're being real here, that's something that I had to unlearn in order to deliver and make impact. I had to learn to stick to certain things long term. I had to learn that there's a time for ideas and there's a time for execution, right? And in many ways, in my full-time role, I do what I do in my business. I've got an idea, note it down, park it for later. We've got priorities, right? In fact, give it to someone else, share it with the team. Maybe somebody else wants to take it on. I'm the same in entrepreneurship. I'm the same, right? I'm a custodian of these ideas. And that's how I have to live as a multi-passionate person because otherwise it gets too much and I create a career and a world and a life that is overwhelming and we don't want that. So it's really, really important for me to not expect my organisation, my employer to be an outlet for all of that energy. I do that on my own time and my own time because my side hustle is close to my heart. I consider it a vocation the work that I do as a coach it's something that I've been looking for all all this time and it's found me many of you know I was that nerdy 14 year old helping the adults in my family with their CVs at university I was the person that helped get everyone their postgraduate jobs and their part-time jobs it's been looking for me all this time (laughs) so I mean it when I when I describe my own business my work as my destiny and some of you may feel exactly the same way others might be like "Eh, just bridging a gap for the moment don't know about all that destiny stuff jazz but that's absolutely fine these are just thoughts these are just my 12 thoughts that I wanted to bring to you I wanted for you to understand and see that I get it I wanted to share some of the insights and the nuggets and the shifts that I've had to make along the way And of course, this is something that I'm always an open book on. So if you love this episode, reach out, jazz at justjazz.co. I'll always reply. Um, And like I said, join the community, justjazz.co forward slash join. Get into the vault, come to an event. We're going to have some in-person events in London as well as some online stuff for folks. But this is a really, really important conversation because I want you to know that I see you and I get it. I always want to be transparent about my journey and bring you all into some of that. And of course, this is something that we'll be touching on in Ambitious Career Strategy. Why? Not because it's a side hustle program, but because it's a group program for your biggest, your top goal right now. And for some of you, it is launching that business or your post-launch And for some of you, it is launching that business, right? Or you're in it. You want it to be sustainable. You want to navigate what I was talking about, that full disclosure. 
maybe I've said some things in this episode that I've cut straight to the core of your stickiness right now, right? You're indecisive, you're at a crossroads. It feels good, but it feels like it's about to turn bad. Maybe you're you're leaning into that edge around money and it's feeling a little bit more like a cliff than a ride at the theme park. These are all the things that you can bring into ambitious career strategy. And over the six weeks, we will create that strategy for you to get there without the overwhelm and certainly without the underwhelm. So if that sounds good to you, go to the website. The link to the program is in the show notes. The doors are actually open. So you don't have to wait for any kind of waiting list. As you are listening to this episode, you have until the end of July to join if you want the bonuses. And those bonuses are a one hour one-to-one coaching call with me and then access to a follow-on program that will be led by Heather Jeffries on presentation skills. So we're going to work on creating the strategy. She's going to help you show up in all of that energy that we unlock. She's going to help you articulate that strategy and go for it and master your message. So that being said, can't wait to work with you in that way. If you choose that, it's for you. If you don't, it's all good. I'm still going to be back next week. And I'd love, love, love to hear any feedback, any thoughts, any questions that you have following this episode, because this certainly won't be the last Side Hustle special. I'll be checking in more regularly to just share some nuggets from the multi-passionate journey. Thank you for listening. And I'll catch up with you on the next episode. What an episode. Want to continue the conversation? Join the Limitless Letter to get weekly resources for your high achieving career in a place where we all get what it means to embrace ambition and declare your desires. Go to justjazz.co forward slash join and I'll see you there.